0: Gender of Energy number 99 with Georgie Dinkov. And we're just talking about uh, chickens and heat stress <laughs> and how to combat that thing. Is it, and I'm sure most of our audience cares about this, too. <laughs> a lot of people
1: be emailing me saying like, hey, you know, things started to look serious yeah. in a bad way. Yeah, what can I do to like ensure there's some food left, you know,
0: yeah, yeah for actually, me? You're actually probably right. I didn't even think about that, but you're completely right. You, you, get, are you getting those emails about raising animals and things?
1: Um, no, but I mean like, cause when I was talking to the, to the strong sisters, they, they had like, they were thinking of starting like a company that sells chicken food. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this maybe like two years ago and every once in a while, because you know, at some point I think I'll be forced to do something maybe in Bulgaria, maybe here in terms of like actually having chickens and maybe goats. Uh, so I've been, you know, um, doing some rudimentary research about aspirin and other things in, in animals uh things that you can find like cheaply and and widely available right not something crazy so you know i'm sure you've seen the articles that aspirin helps reduce the heat stress for chickens right there's also like things like uh, polycosinol can increase the egg yield um and also really improve the immune system of the chicken raise their thyroid levels uh raise their androgens and progesterone while while lowering estrogen so all these things are gonna gonna, like transfer into the into the actual egg quality uh, because eggs have a decent amount of steroids in them right and uh, if you do that, you can basically change the composition of the eggs and, you know, also uh, oh, increases the feed yield, too. So you can get by by using less food uh, when it comes to chickens. So all of these are, I guess, important things in a in a state of collapse <laughs> that we're <laughs> either in the process of or, or soon to find ourselves in. Uh, what else? I, I think there's like a um, there's an the article about pregnenolone. What well, thing one that I was able to find? I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and it's just, you know, um, I I, re- I started reading more out of interest of like, okay, all these things that are supposedly beneficial for us by taking these substances, does this translate to other organisms? Because if it does, to me, that's like a very good corroboration that it's really like a universally, um, you know, beneficial substance. It's not something that's uniquely for humans or, you know, that the basically like you can, somebody can argue, it's like, well, we're seeing these bad things in other animals. So, you know, you should really be taking it because, you know, that's, that's how it affects other organisms. but. Everything I've been able to find so far about aspirin, I mean, as you know, it's a, it's, actually, it's the main defensive hormone in plants uh, together with, I think, just monic acid is mm-hmm. the other one and also abscisic acid. But aspir- salicylic acid actually is what plants produce when under stress and it increases their resistance to stress. So from plants through animals to us, all the way to us, I don't think there's, I mean, I haven't been able to to find an organism. Actually, there's also some very good studies in in fishes as well. Um, I haven't been able to find an organism where, you know, uh, salicylic acid or aspirin have been really detrimental. Um, So that's how I stumble upon these articles, just, you know, kind of trying to find out, like, how broad are the benefits of these simple, widely available substances? And then I, uh, you know... Over the last couple of years, I started thinking more about <laughs> more of a homesteading kind of survivalist mindset um, and um, seeing, OK, what can I get that's cheap and, you know, it's going to last for a while and it can be beneficial for all these animals. So, um, again, aspirin, the vitamins, I think, like the B, the niacinamide is universally beneficial. Also, there's plenty of studies on that. Uh, and some of the steroids, probably pregnant is probably like the, the, the most benign thing you can get. Uh, if you can find in, in a big amount some studies feed cholesterol but there's some studies showing that if you feed cholesterol too much it actually can cause um like because a lot of cholesterol is already pre-oxidized so um and I think Ray cautioned people when they asked him like okay can I supplement my cholesterol instead of you know this is like he said uh I think like a good portion of the cholesterol you got, that you buy from even chemical vendors is going to be already oxidized so you will be atherogenic. Uh, There's a um, metabolite called seven keto cholesterol that's directly heterogenic and that's an oxidized version of cholesterol so you're going to get it into any cholesterol part that you find so pregnenol is probably the safer thing um so aspirin pregnenolol polycosinols, the b vitamins actually the fat soluble vitamins too um uh, you may want to try to experiment with uh, a little bit of vitamin k as well uh, uh, because i think there's a study you. showing that it makes it <laughs> makes the, the shell of the egg very very uh, robust it's not thicker but basically very hard Um, so they can get by on a a much less calcium than they normally would need. Um, So it does something, I guess it kind of spares their calcium uh, requirements. It, It drastically reduces them. So if they're stressed out, which I think from what I understand, chickens can get stressed out by wind, even by strong wind, Um, You know and you can never give them enough calcium. So maybe you can give them a little bit of vitamin K and you know spare You know not have to worry about feeding them calcium every day
0: Well, well, that's what I was thinking of when I was reading I think we traded uh, like some papers on aspirin and chickens, but like how how many of those papers were also supplementing their Poultry with vitamin K and zero, you know, and so I thought that would be a pretty useful uh, thing to do but um yeah, I, I, the chickens are so interesting, and I, I'm interested in talking to the Strong Sisters about this because they've been doing it for a lot longer than I have, but they, they seem like they can get ill so quickly, and yeah. like you said, they are real temperamental about their, their situation and how hot they are and their... Um, you just have to be really in tune with what they need you know it's the quality of the eggs it's a really good biomarker
1: of like of their health if the eggs start getting brittle or start getting spots on the shell and 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 things like that or like the egg yolks start become paler in color all of these things basically mean the
0: chicken is not healthy yeah about a week ago is the first time i ever got an egg and it was a miraculous experience and actually it's kind of funny because one chicken laid two eggs the first time they ever laid an egg And so that was, like, a magical experience. And uh, anyways, the shell's super thick. Um, Chicken's doing very well. And I've been leaving all their doors open because it's, it's it's relatively cool. But they'll be holding their wings out and kind of panting a little bit. And so... I mean, uh, over yeah so yeah it's are
1: there any predators like do you let them out like uh, like you have a you have like an open space right it's yeah. like a it's like a lawn or yeah, something
0: yeah it, i mean d- free ranging chickens is where it's at and i'd love to do that but it's just a death sentence on this property and so uh i, I think one of the huge things i want to do here is, is uh put a fence around the whole property and once right. i do that i think i'd feel slightly more confident that i could just let them go wherever but um What about these, like, they're
1: almost like portable coupes, which is really just a net, right? So, but it's very, it's very light and it's basically, you can, you can open it up for the day and put them in there and and, and, then, you know, put them back at night.
0: I am very busy. (laughs) (laughs) So so that is not in the cars right now. Uh, But um, again, there's like, I have just a big chain link um, situation where where they're in it and I'm pretty comfortable with that but obviously i'd love to see them roaming around um the funniest the funniest thing is when it was built i immediately started thinking about how to expand it and so i'd like to build like a really long chain link run or something and connect it to it um i wish i had some pictures primed up here but i don't uh but i think you can see them on my, on my instagram but um yeah dude it's they're addicting like that's a fu- that's a thing in the chicken world they say oh you can never have 5, 10, 15 chickens. You'll get want to get more, and you do. Like I, it's it's like really fun to have them. They they all have their own little personalities. They stand on my foot when they want to be picked up. Like really, it's, yeah, it's like they're they're really interesting, cool. So it's and, like a
1: puppy dog. Yeah. Like, basically like <laughs> they give you a signal.
0: Speaking of puppies, my dogs are about. A hundred thousand times easier to take care of than a chicken. Like they're they're like the simplest thing on the planet versus a chicken, (laughs) extremely complex. And so it's dude, the whole thing is it's only been eight months. The whole thing has been ridiculously rewarding, very fun, total learning experience. And I think it was made more, uh, like the acceleration of the experience was more intense because they got sick like day one. Like I I when I got them, they were ill like the next day, and I was like oh. Oh fuck! I have to figure out what's wrong with them, and and I was like com- complete um, panic to to try to save my two week old chicks. Like uh, it was it was real difficult.
1: So they actually want to be picked up? Like for, uh, <laughs> I, I thought
0: birds don't like to be like held like that. Like they they, they, uh, they don't like not feeling the the earth under under their feet. Dude, I can hold a chicken in one hand. Like they uh, they're. V- very familiar with me i can like i a lot of chickens probably would not let you hold them like my I we got a rooster and the rooster is relatively new to the whole situation i can't even go near near it if i tried to touch it it would jump up in the air and freak out but my would it I, fight like would it would it and like and hit you with like with the spurs not not me it, it uh, I, I don't know if it would do that maybe to an animal or something but it hasn't hasn't done anything to me like that but, but um, it jumps I mean it's like It doesn't like to be approached Is that what he's saying Yeah And it brutalizes the hens like, <laughs> I, it, I had never heard them Make noises Like they did It is It's like It's like a, Well yeah. Danny That's the only way To have a successful <laughs> And well functioning family man I guess so. see We need to learn from the animals <laughs> well, But uh, it, it's, it's, it's Feminism does not exist In yeah, chicken I, world I guess So <laughs> It's like It's uh, like yeah, but anyways, it, again, the whole experience, super fun. Uh, How many chickens? F- uh, 13 chickens plus the rooster, so 14 total. Okay, so 13 cans, actually, yeah. and like and, one, and one of them is giving eggs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess they're, uh, are they all of age
1: that are supposed to give eggs, or some of them are younger?
0: Some of them, like like about three or four of them have, like, really developed combs. And then the other ones all have kind of like miniature or medium combs. And so I don't know how they all developed at different time. They were all basically the same age. Uh, But um, yeah, the funniest thing is I was there. I'm sure our audience is falling asleep at this point. But like I was there the day that the the first uh, hen gave her two eggs. And it was funny because we witnessed the crisis of the hen like where to lay these eggs, And she was making the noises I've never heard before, like trying to figure out where to do it. And I, and I have a thing from a company called Hen Gear, which is like a very nice laying box. And she was not interested in going in there basically at all. And so she <laughs> really, yeah, she did not like it? now she'll lay in them. But I basically took her and I thought she'd freak out when I put her inside the, the thing, but she totally let me do it. And now she's laying eggs in there, which was mind blowing. But um for she found a corner in the in the coop to lay the the first two eggs. And the funniest thing was the rooster would like like walked like uh corded her over to the area and then like guard like stood guard <laughs> while she laid the eggs. It was a fun, and he did it multiple times after. I mean And if you approached would he like make noises or no I, I didn't I didn't want to I was so excited about the egg I didn't want to go over like fuck up the whole thing. But um, again, eight months. This was my first egg, like because all the chickens died and stuff. Um, so it was dude, dude, the thing I didn't mention is their culture. The chicken culture is just real funny and interesting. And um, like, what what chickens they peck mercilessly, and which ones are okay. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I just fascinated with the whole thing. Very Interesting, yeah. Me, I mean, like I grew up on a,
1: on a on my grandparents' farm in a village, so. I, have, I do have like very vivid memories and uh, you know now my parents have like a, have a, a house outside of the big city close i mean within like 100 miles but uh everybody even in bulgaria because it's, it's they've always like everybody has always had like their side gig like in terms of making their own food but now i think it's basically getting into very high gear because everybody's realizing that the financial situation is really not not good yeah well, uh and and it's accelerating i mean the, the 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 decline of the financial situation is
0: accelerating well i think that's the thing that's picked up since we last talked is all all this banking stuff so what is your take on that
1: I mean I think it's pretty much over there's there's really no solution out of this because the uh, uh with the with the debt to gdp ratio so high um, no central bank in the world even the chinese cannot really afford a high interest rate um because then the the you know the payments on your on your debt uh are going to skyrocket and basically at that point you have only two choices you either default or you raise taxes to the point where nobody people are going to just simply, simply stop working so you're going to cause a recession um and really basically the only now the the only two choices that the fed or any other central bank has in the developed world is you either uh, raise the rate to the point where basically things start to break and they already started breaking Th- these banks the reason they they defaulted is because uh you know at least the smaller ones like uh, Silicon Valley Bank and the Signature Bank um, they default because because people started pulling their money out to put them into higher interest rate bearing financial instruments. Um, and since I don't not many people remember, but as, 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 as fraudulent as the fractional reserve banking is, uh, not many people remember but the Federal Reserve abolished even those requirements in March of 2020. So as of right now, most banks, I think well, I should maybe say all banks operating in the United States have no reserve requirements. In other words, the bank has no money <laughs> except for except for what the depositors have. And as soon as these deposits are done, this money goes out there, not in a ratio of a 10 to 1, which is what used to be the requirement, but, you know, I don't know, unlimited. Basically, the bank will loan as much as, as the market allows it or as it thinks, you know, that the Fed will bail out if this bank goes under. Um, And now that the banks are starting to go under uh, the Fed basically has to somehow uh, either stop raising interest rates or do some kind of a quantitative easing, which is another way of not 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 another way of saying that they have to restart printing the money uh, somehow behind the scenes. Either way, this leads to hyperinflation. So you either get, a deflationary depression with complete collapse of the financial system, except for maybe just two or three of the largest banks, which are also in a state of collapse. But uh, those will not be allowed to collapse because then you basically have a complete complete breakdown, right? Um, or you know, you start restart officially the quantitative easing, and, and then you get hyperinflation. Um, I don't see of any other way out of this. Uh, well, they tried it, right? That's the pandemic. Um, the only other thing that I can think of is. Uh, price controls and rationing, but i think those are illegal so there has to be in order for them to implement it um they'll probably try to go for some kind of a martial law because i don't i don't see how this can be uh implemented uh, in a free market well even though it's not, no longer free but in a sort of like a semi-democratic open market uh society or economy um you'll have to get authoritarian very quickly for them for them to be able to enforce those kind of things um and now the the, the i can i think the biggest indicator of whether we're going to go into that direction into the kind of like martial law thing is whether the state of emergency will expire on i think may 1st 2023 mm-hmm. set to expire in the. us mm-hmm. uh and if that gets extended then you know you can kind of get an idea of where this is going if that drops then um i don't know i mean they, oh actually the third option is you and i discussed this war i mean that's the only other way because under war i think that kind of combines it's the best of all worlds for the powers that be because you get your state of emergency right you may even declare martial law because it's a war situation and under law situation under war situation none of the regular rules matter uh, i think even requirements such as the deposits to be insured by the fds even that gets dropped this is all in like peacetime in wartime anything goes um so we'll see how things go but uh, if russia continues to advance in ukraine um then I don't know what else can be done other than other than e- escalate the situation into some kind of a some kind of war. Uh, the Middle East seems to be out uh, in terms of uh, starting another war there because now Saudi Arabia and Iran um, have basically uh, uh, made peace uh, under the aegis of of China. Um, so I don't think uh, Israel is going to attack. Iran unilaterally now that Saudi Arabia, which is back in the day, uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel is is, as strange as it sounds, were actually united against Iran. Now that Saudi Arabia is making friends, has made friends, uh, has made peace with Iran, Israel is kind of on its own. Uh, So I don't think a war in the Middle East. uh, Of course, I'm not not completely precluded because these people are insane, uh, but I don't think the war in the Middle East is is a reliable option. So and when the war in Ukraine now starting to kind of like wind down, or at least the uh, NATO is starting to tacitly not ask, but admit in the public press in a very roundabout way that this war is unwinnable and whatever the Russians got so far, they're probably gonna get to keep. Then the only other option is the war with China. Uh, I, and I think that's that's kind of where um, the mainstream press in the US has been preparing the population uh, to go towards that, you know, China is the real enemy. And that's, if there's any bipartisan agreement about anything in this country anymore, is that China is the enemy that, that's worth attacking more than it is worth attacking Russia. Uh, Both Republicans and Democrats agree on on that thing alone. Um, And uh, uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting somewhere. But, uh, you know, if you – not that I give advice, but uh, it may be be a good idea to get some gold and silver, which I think somebody asked Ray about that too. Not too much because at some point it becomes a burden, right? It may become a target. Somebody's going to try to steal. It's not that easy to transport. They may even ban it altogether the way Roosevelt did back in the 30s. Um, But, you know, having, you know, a few – months worth up to a year of expenses covered for food uh in in terms of precious metals it's probably worth considering if nothing else you will protect whatever little savings you have in the bank uh if they're not that much you can take them out and put them in precious metals at the very least you're going to keep that value um if the currency hyperinflates. and i think it's going to hyperinflate eventually there's
0: just just there's no other option um there was a video that got tons of hits on youtube it was a, a dude that lived through turkey uh, hyperinflation and he was basically the first half of the video was detailing exactly what's going on right now. He said certain food items started becoming extremely expensive yep. and um he, he, he and it was a lot of advice that you just gave. It was like um people that had alternative ways of paying and things like that. So yep.
1: and I, by, by the way, I don't think bitcoin is an option. I know a lot of there's a lot of people promoting bitcoin, but to me bitcoin remains kind of like a, you know, suspicious project. <laughs> And you know, kind of prepping people for for, for the uh, CBDC. Not sure if you saw, but the Fed Now system is is about to be released, um, and it's basically, uh, you know, they claim it was just uh, up. It's like I, I think it's as like, it recent as three months ago. They claimed that they don't, they didn't even have it implemented. It was just a white paper. They were examining. They were forming a committee to look into the implications of a Fed direct payment system between the banks and uh, and, and 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 customers as well where basically they, you're going to have like an instantaneous transfer of money between the different bank accounts. Um, within three months of, of deciding to form that group, now they're saying it's, it's actually there. It's already implemented. So I wouldn't be surprised if they already have the CBDC also already implemented and, you know, waiting to see how how things will go with the Fed down and whether they can kind of quarrel people into. Yeah. Um. That may be one, I mean, since the pandemic, you know, didn't kind of, Pan out the way they they hoped it would. Not that they cannot start another one. I'm, I'm sure. They, I'm sure they can, and and they probably will try. Uh, but I think the way to get people to get into the system will be like, look, um, the consumer debt is at all time high. Most, the vast majority of people cannot repay those debts, just impossible. So the basically the deal will be, okay, listen, we're going to, you know, we, there, there will be a debt jubilee, but you will agree that uh, whatever bank account you have or whatever, you, whatever money you have in the way you interact with the economy from now on will be through the CBDC. Mm-hmm. Either that or... Pay us back all this money with a massive interest rate, which is now even 5%. It's showing that this is the best demonstration that the system is so corrupt and fragile. If the system cannot handle a 5% interest rate, considering in the past, like in the 80s under Volcker, it handled 20% interest rate. Um, yes, there was a recession, but system survived, right? Now even a 5% recession is calling is causing bank collapses. That that tells you that the situation is 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 beyond beyond salvageable. Um, and now I'm sure you saw the credit, the Credit Suisse uh, debacle. Did um, you see that bank that basically that went oh, under? SVB uh, or whatever. Right. No, 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 no. The 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 massive Swiss bank. Oh no, it's one know. of the systemically important banks. Didn't know. Um, so it basically was insolvent um, and they, a couple of very scary things happened in Switzerland, which kind of shows you where things are going. So Switzerland went to UBS, which is the other large Swiss bank, and said, you will be buying credit Swiss. So UBS said, hell no. <laughs> you guys keep that trash. No, no. You will buy Credit Suisse, or we're gonna yank your license because you are in a just a shitty situation as Credit Suisse. Oh, okay. So, how much we're gonna be buying for? One billion? No way. Price is too high, and that's that. That price is for. I mean, this this bank, Credit Suisse, had a capitalization of like a couple of hundred billion just like a month ago or something. So, shows you now that this UBS doesn't even want to pay one billion for this for the bank because the the liabilities probably drastically, you know, outweigh the assets. So the government actually get gave the money to UBS to buy Credit Suisse. Now, because it's such a crappy deal, uh, technically under the laws of Switzerland, and I think the same laws are in, uh, here in the states and most other Western countries, developed countries, is that this deal has to be approved by the share has to be approved by the shareholders of both UBS and Credit Suisse. The government in Switzerland annulled that that provision. But like so, it basically it's like that law doesn't even exist. They said. These two banks are merging. We're gonna give the money for the merger. And you guys, the shareholders, you, you, you're not gonna vote. What do you mean? It's my, it's my legal right. Uh tough It's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and, and I was reading some of the comments on Hacker News and other and Zero Hedge, and the, the, the thing that most horrified the people was the fact that the government can say unilaterally, you, know, you shareholders, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, they may be alone the books that basically you have to vote to approve this. We decided this law no longer no longer applies. Well, if they can unilaterally decide that this law no longer applies, then no law applies, right? I mean, they can unilaterally decide pretty much anything. And so, as far as Switzerland is not currently under a state of emergency. Imagine how much worse situation will be in a state of emergency, which now gives the, the, the government the legal right to cancel pretty much any law. Uh, so that's where we're at. Basically a repeat of 2008 in a much, much worse situation because much higher debt to GDP ratio uh high interest rates uh and i would say poor growth uh just both the public and the private debts to the GDP, to the gdp ratio are really skyrocketing um there's this um website i think it was called the debt clock or something mm-hmm. uh and if you go there they have like the um you know just kind of like these nice graphics showing like the debt gdp ratio for for the united states but then they also have it for the world now, if you go and, and look there uh, you, you immediately see that basically no countries in good no none of the large big countries that, that we think of as driving the world economy is in good shape. Even China. China's debt to GDP ratio, I think the the public debt to GDP ratio was like 90%. Um in the US is 94%. Um so it's like it's it's pretty close, which kind of t- kind of shows you maybe why all of these countries uh went along with the pandemic. It suited all of them. So, like, if there is a China camp in the U.S. that thinks that like, China is doing everything right and the U.S. is not doing it, it's the same thing. You know, may- maybe they're taking care of their people slightly better now than the U.S. is, but it's, it's uh, I don't think that China is in a much better situation. Uh, and they're actually demographically in a much worse situation than the United States, um, and I, I don't see how you, re- you resolve that. Maybe they'll come up with another virus and they'll kill their own elderly population because, frankly, you know, the only way to maintain this 400 million people that are about to retire, not considering that they had uh, one child and now they're, this one child that they had doesn't even want to have any more children. The only way you solve this is you increase immigration, right? Or you kill the people you owe the money to, which is the old retirees.
0: So, yeah. The, the worries- I mean, that's... The worrisome thing is it just seems like this is brewing kind of slowly and, the, and these banks going under is like kind of the first sign that something is really, really, really wrong.
1: But it's really one bank. I, I don't understand why. Like, I mean, they're, It's it, think of it as w- different branches of the exact same financial institution. Yeah. They're so intertwined. And back in the day, this was actually lauded as a great way to diversify yourself and reduce your risk. Actually, in a very sick way, it is reducing your risk by increasing systemic risk. So if you fully diversify your risk, the risk for you is zero, but you've now offloaded your entire risk to the system, and if you blow up, the entire system blows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody along the along the way must have realized that this is a great way to basically become too big to fail, uh, and now every financial institution that is – that has enough sufficient amount of capital to actually get to that level of interconnectedness is actively seeking it because they don't want to go under, right? They want to be there. They want to keep getting bailed out. They want to get free money. And, um, that's, that's where we stand. I don't think there is a single financial institution out there, including in China, uh, that is in good financial shape. Uh, they're all printing money like crazy and, you know, interacting with other insolvent partners, counterparty risk. um, so to quote JP Morgan, even though I hate the guy, uh, gold is money. Everything else is credit. So buy
0: some gold and silver and lead <laughs> if it's if it's legally allowed where you are. It just seems like it's going to have to get pretty bad for them, like to people to an accept a solution. So that's that's what worries me is what exactly is going to, what's going to be the problem reaction? We know what the problem is. What's the reaction to the solution? or the I mean, it's already there. Solutions. If
1: they tell you the deposits are gone, basically, what are you going to do? I mean not that many people have many deposits but I think the way they're going to leverage this is through the debt right they're going to come go, go to every family that's uh, up to their neck in debt and say look there's no way you can pay this we we all know that right how about we cancel it now right immediately but you get to partic- you have to participate in the system
0: yeah, yeah. and if you don't want to <laughs> of, of course but like what uh, I think people are going to have to feel a certain level of pain like the hyperinflation, so that well, the
1: pain is already there. The interest rates by by interest rates rising, basically now a lot of the a lot of the loans that people took over, especially the ones with resetting rate, mm-hmm. are becoming unserviceable. Mm-hmm. If you look, if uh, zero has a lot of articles on that, but other media is now uh, publishing the same stuff. Is like the, the over the last couple of months, we had the biggest default on auto loans ever mm-hmm. in the United States mm-hmm. ever. So people cannot afford their cars. If they cannot afford their cars, what about their houses? I mean, this is a much bigger loan over there, right? Maybe it's a longer term one. uh, So you you don't feel that pressure over the the last couple of, you know, for the next couple of years. But now that there's a recession coming and potentially depression, um, and you're sitting on a house that you could barely afford before when the economy was okay, and both of you and let's say your spouse were employed. What happens now if one or both of you isn't employed? uh that's really i think that's how they get people if sufficient amount of people get start coding financially especially on something large like their mortgage payments they will accept whatever solution the government has for them
0: i think you're right yeah there's scary uh 2024 2025 it seems like they're setting something up right now that will pay off a little bit later
1: I don't want to say they're setting up the way this, the things are out of control is that basically they're going to, I mean, I think they set it up to be, to become out of control. And now when things collapse, they can kind of plausible deny that they will say, look, I mean, we didn't solve the problem back in 2008 because it wasn't politically you know, popular, but whatever it is, things are falling apart now through nobody's fault individually. It's just, that's how the system was designed. And we didn't change it and now it collapsed again so we do have a solution we didn't cause this problem we do have a solution and that's a solution
0: well here's one other thing like the the uh, the clowns that do that um q a for the presidency mm-hmm. they say everything in the like the everything in the financial world is okay so i i'm, I'm saying if we're, <laughs> we're not even there yet to where they're saying hey we got a big problem like and, and so we're, we're kind of like we're in january 2020 like we haven't gotten to March and I don't know what time of time span, how many months that would take us to get to a March of 2020 for COVID. But I'm I'm saying we're just not there yet. And I am, I'm like horrified to see what happens to make us get there to like, for the all, all panic to start with the financials. Uh,
1: I'll make a prediction. If Deutsche Bank, which is, which was known to be in a worse financial shape than credit Suisse, if Deutsche Bank goes under and gets a bailout, then that's the signal that we're there. Uh, because it, it is much more connected than even Credit Suisse, uh, and it was expected to fail way back. I mean, basically, the um, if I remember correctly, um, the financial regulators back in 2008 basically singled out Citibank and Deutsche Bank as being so sick that they were not the Lehman Brothers. They 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 wanted them done, right? Basically, like they were, they would have forced a merger or acquisition of these banks by some other bank. And Obama administration told them no, leave it alone. Even though Deutsche Bank is German bank, but a lot of its actually majority of its financial presences in the United States and I think Hong Kong and, and East Asia. Um, and Obama said, no, leave it alone. So, uh, well, of course, unsurprisingly, Deutsche Bank was one of the biggest donors in this presidential campaign. Nothing surprising here, but that is really, and because it's such a massive bank that affects Germany, which is the economic engine of Europe, um, if that bank goes under... Directly, in other words, completely bankrupt, and then all the all the shareholders and depositors get burned, or gets forced into an acquisition, which will send the signal that the bank is essentially done. Right? I think that's what that that will be the step where basically you have massive bank runs, uh, and with massive bank runs, you need massive bailouts because no bank, given that even before with a fractional reserve of one to ten, even then they would have been insolvent if 50% of the people want their cash now. Right? Now with no fractional reserve, bank has no reserves. Basically, there's nothing there. So, and the FDIC insurance and the European equivalent of the FDIC insurance, they can only cover about one. They have enough money to cover only about one percent of deposits. By the way, I don't trust even that figure. (laughs) So funny money to start with, right? Um, But if we get to that point, basically have a bank run and these banks start to go under, all the small banks will probably collapse and get merged into a few massive, massive mega banks that are truly too big to fail. Um, and at that point, I think that's, that's when people are gonna, um, you know, be approached and be told, you know, in order to relieve the debt burden on the system, we need to cancel some debt. And I think the Biden is kind of starting to send that message with the student debt cancellation. He's buying votes, but also the student debt is a massive problem in the U S it's over 1.4 trillion. I think at this point, and it's unpayable, the vast majority of these debts are unpayable. Um, they went towards producing shitty degrees. Uh, these people are now like unemployable or, you know, not very good prospects of being employed. Uh, the 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 loans are very big. They cannot be erased through bankruptcy. Um, so they can only be erased through a presidential directive. But now, you know, there's also a should say that's unconstitutional. So really, it's, we're already there. It's just like we're seeing piecemeal kind of action towards, you know, trying to get people to accept the final solution. Um, I honestly don't think the final solution would work because it's, it's still a, a fiat form of money. There's no assets behind it. Basically, it's uh a you know the gold is gone. It's now being bought, and you know all the all the banks in Russia and China and Indonesia and Vietnam have all the gold. And I don't even know if 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 physical gold, much of physical gold exists in London in uh, Fort Knox. Um, remember this guy Ron Paul, who used to run was a candidate for president, the libertarian guy. He made a career of saying like we need to audit Fort Knox. I don't believe that we have the gold. He says we're gonna, and they actually when he tried to form a commission to audit Fort Knox, every single time he got shut down. Um, and he says, like, well, what's the big deal? I have this, the, the requisite clearance to be there. Why can't I go there with a bunch of other senators and, uh, and just see that the gold is there?
0: No. Treasury says you have no business there. I, I, <laughs> I wonder why. I, I clipped this out of a video that I was watching, but it's uh, you need a metric ass load of silver in order to pay your bills each month. Like you would need if um, if your monthly expenses, which were three grand, which is probably on the low end you would need 625 ounces uh for 6 months at the current price uh then you need i mean the, the, it's it's i mean of course well, don't don't worry about the current price because that's going to change by uh, due to inflation
1: but it's like what the silver can buy yeah. so if it's the it's basically the if your daily exp, if
0: your monthly expenses can be covered
1: by current $3000 that means what 25 ounces of silver
0: is that what you said um oh uh just three thousand dollars at the moment for um, this man. Uh, silver ounces, oh, hundred four is is three thousand dollars. And then if you multiply that by six months, it would be six hundred. Yeah.
1: So it's a lot of silver. So I think, uh, I mean, uh, when I looked at the, some of the guidelines there, because this is already on the mind of many people. If you look at the price of gold and silver, they skyrocketed over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the advice is basically like, I mean, you do need gold because just like you said, if if your monthly expenses are even a thousand dollars or more, it's going to be, you know, very, very inconvenient to deal with silver only. So maybe two thirds in gold and one, one third in silver for daily expenses with the silver. And then the gold will be kind of like a monthly expense if you can convince your i don't know landlord to accept a <laughs> i don't know a bar of gold for the monthly rent that will be the monthly rent and you don't have to worry about that and, and then you can use the silver for food
0: i just think this would be like 0.0001 percent of people have the gold and silver and then the rest are in complete total chaos uh, or something. Well, it, don't you think these people accept any solution that the government offers yes, in this situation? Yes, I do. <laughs> but yeah. one, one thing, the, the, a lot of the cryptocurrency community, they think these banks are buying up the gold in order to do a gold-backed cryptocurrency. And so that that's been floating around for a long time now.
1: Look, the government already demonstrated that it, they they don't like crypto. I mean, at least if they want they would force a ban on crypto.
0: Same same. Same thing. Yeah.
1: It's, it's like it's a great idea, but now that we saw that the government can unilaterally cancel or ignore laws that are on the books in Switzerland, in one of the probably like the country that has, was the model of, of – a, of a they have represented democracy. I think they vote on most laws directly um and you know they kind of have referendums from most of the important issues that are facing the country if this can go down there then th- there's no there's no doubt of what can happen in even more authoritarian countries such as the uk <laughs> yeah. or germany or i don't know if you're going to agree that the us but at least the federal government of the us is
0: very much fascist so oh, yeah. if they want bitcoin banned it will be banned no, you're not talking about bitcoin i I, oh. I i'm not a bitcoin maxi i i uh, I'm not going to sell, and I'll keep it. But I'm interested in the next ten years. And also, I find the claim that it's a precursor to um, CBDCs to be extremely dubious. Like I, I find almost no—I've never seen anything compelling to suggest that whatsoever. If anything, the the uh, the Economist, which is owned by the Rothschilds, posts twenty-four-seven shit on bitcoin bitcoin yeah forever which is a good sign it's it's annoying (laughs) yeah so so if the Rothschilds do not like bitcoin i will therefore invest in it but i'm not a maxi and i think it will probably go under like tether the stable coin that back the so again you probably understand this better than you but i think that is like its weak area that it will probably go into extremely low values because tether seems like a ponzi scheme or something and yeah, so, they don't have the dollars that are behind. They, they claim yeah, they have behind. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the, these stable coins, now, first of all, they're backed by a fiat, which can hyperinflate, yeah, right? Yeah. But also it turns out that since nobody's auditing them, there is several, uh, I think the, the, we already have indication that two of the stable coins basically don't have the the fiat reserves that they claim they have that are back in the actual stable coin yeah. it's not only not one to one it's not even like a hundred to one they do only have like a one percent of the money that they claim are, are, are you know are backing up the coin Got let it. me just turn on the light
0: uh hey everybody thank you guys so much for watching really appreciate it um we had to do this uh after my last call i forgot about it <laughs> I was telling everybody that I forgot about this. <laughs> not forgot about you, Georgie. Just uh, had too much going on. Um, anyways, it's okay. They can forget about me. Soon they'll have that's, like much bigger problems to worry about. That's, yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> I think we'll all have much bigger problems to worry about. I think these are the golden... You're fine. Yeah. You have food, man. You're yeah. not producing your own food. I, I two got, eggs? I got, one. That's no, a I start. got two eggs. <laughs> I don't know... Uh, I don't know. I mean, to be uh, I
1: don't want to suggest it, but dogs dogs can be yummy too. You know, like if if it gets to that,
0: <laughs> Ruby and Corbin are not going to be consumed at any point. Um, yeah, man. I again, I th- 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 I'm interested to see what happens, and it. I'm definitely not putting any uh, all my eggs in one basket. No pun intended. Like uh, I think d- diversification is is probably pretty smart. But not like a bank, right? Not not by injecting yourself into the system in oh, such yeah. a way that <laughs> becomes impossible to remove you. Yeah. No, I've I've been leveraging credit in things. Like I I I think I think obviously buying things now will be cheaper than buying them in the future. Like or you could pay back your debt. With funny money that's inflated yeah. like crazy. And so, yeah, yeah. so that kind of bit me in the ass this week. but Because uh, I got my card got stolen and somebody bought like three grand worth of tires or something. And so basically, I, wow. nobody cares. Your credit it. card? Yeah, yeah. But the, uh, anyways, I was leveraging my card so hard, it like overdrafted. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't have any money. <laughs> so how are you paying it from Mexico? Is it a Mexican card or is it a U.S. card? Oh, it's a U.S. card. So Okay. So I experienced what it was like for a second with n- absolutely no cash. So I feel like the universe like t- teaches me these lessons. It's like, oh, there might not be power in the future. We're going to take your power away. Oh, there might not be cash in the future. Or you could be kicked out of the financial system and we're going to take your cash. away. Buy a but, gun, man. Yeah, buy a gun. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> As Chairman Mao used to say the only
1: freedom is coming down the barrel of a gun. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, we should probably talk about articles here before our audience uh hangs both of us uh hate it. Me. Kicks us out or yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Doom and Gloom and nothing specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what um you tell me what are what are the ones that got a lot of feedback? Let's just scroll down. Mm. Metabolic rate made this one sounds interesting.
1: Oh, uh, the drinking Pepsi
0: Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a rat study, but it's uh, it's a corroboration of another one which I posted earlier. Was uh, it was in the the previous one was was uh, obese, uh, infertile males. <laughs> And they were trying to beget children. They weren't, of course, having a lot of success. And I don't know what genius doctor decided to put them on a special diet of adding a pound
0: of candy. His name was Raymond and, and F. sugary P. stuff. Hmm? Raymond F. Pete was the guy.
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah, exactly. I mean, we we're inspired by the, by by him. But basically, after they got on this diet, um, you know, they didn't get fatter, which is the other thing, which is very I think a lot of people have, well, yeah, maybe they got fertile, but they got even fatter. No, they did not. Uh, in fact, they, they drop, they weighted, they weighted, their weight dropped a little bit, but it wasn't statistically significant according to the study. But what did happen is that fertility drastically improved, and 42% of the couples in the study got pregnant. Uh, and you know, the study didn't look at any kind of biochemical parameters, but knowing that fertility, male fertility is, is closely uh, linked and controlled by testosterone, and other, the other, other androgen uh, testosterone. uh By looking at the human study, you would think that the sugar consumption somehow increased the androgens. And this now rodent study confirms that by showing that, uh, I forgot how, what was the equivalent, but I think they were drinking like, uh, yeah, they were drinking Coke and Pepsi liberally um, instead of just pure water. And uh, rodent's key thing is preferred that, not, I guess not surprising, um, and drinking this liquid liberally, basically, I think doubled their testosterone levels, increased the size of their genitals. <laughs> Not the, don't rush to the grocery store to like <laughs> for the newest in male enhancement, which apparently has been <laughs> sold for the last century or whatnot. Um, th- their uh, the sperm count also improved, um, and generally, basically, the animals seem uh, seem healthier. Um, so we have another study showing here that basically the consumption of sucrose. But by the way, they didn't didn't use Mexican Coke or Mexican Pepsi. They used the uh, regular store store variety, which uses high high fructose core syrup. So even that variety is apparently beneficial for your, um, um, I don't know, gonadal health and fertility if you're a male.
0: This is such a sore subject for me because Coke in Mexico now is made with um, sucralose. So it's not... It yeah. tastes way different and it tastes like shit. So I, I I don't buy it anymore. I don't take, I don't drink it. So the Mexican Coke that they still have in the States is still with sucrose. Yeah, that's, that's what I hear. So it's, it's wild to think that Mexico, Mexican Coke in the U.S. is good. And Mexican Coke in the Mexico, it's terrible.
1: I guess there's like a, some special plants that are in Mexico that are only making it for export or like, or do you think there's just old supplies that they still sell? I
0: haven't seen it at all. It all says sin azucar, which means no sugar. And they, and that's like all the bottles of it, and so I don't. It's like inconceivable wow. to me that they take their like legendary recipe and change it like for for the whole country. That's it's like crazy, but um, yeah, I mean,
1: cox has been doing that. I think they're. I mean, they have a lot of neuro neurobehavioral. Uh, uh, experts on the team and i think they're slightly changing and tweaking the formula for depending on the country i mean i can tell you when i go back to bulgaria I, you know i sometimes drink the, the coke there tastes like nothing like the both the high fructose core syrup sweetened wine in the states mm-hmm. or the, the sucrose sweetened one from mexico completely different drink um the only thing common is the color <laughs> like in the bottle yeah but the taste is completely different and also different from Western European countries, so when I fly to Bulgaria, I usually have like a layover in uh, I don't know Germany, maybe or France or, or God forbid, UK. Uh, and when I'm there, I you know <laughs> buy a soda every once in a while. And again, completely different drink, different from Bulgaria, different from America, different from Mexico. Georgia. So so think they found a way. I don't know what, why, what exactly they're changing. Um, it may be due to the you know some kind of legal requirements. I think in some countries they now they limit the amount of sugar you can have like per like per serving. That could be, but it's not just that. It's just the taste is very different. It's not the sweetness so much that I that I detect difference in.
0: Yeah, it tastes com- radically different. Um, okay, let's jump to a, ne- a next one here. What uh, what do you think? Let's see.
1: Oh, the dishwasher thing. Yeah. Uh, the very bottom one. I think that's a very important one because uh, uh, pretty much everybody that I know in the states, at this point also in Bulgaria, doesn't wash dishes by hand anymore. They're all using dishwasher. And unfortunately, a lot of the dishwashers, uh, the dishwasher liquid, contains these alcohol etoxylates, so-called. Uh, basically, they're very good at dissolving fat. Uh, and it turns out that even minor amounts uh, of this, uh, if it gets into your uh, digestive tract, can cause like a variety of really bad gastrointestinal symptoms, also diabetes, uh, liver disease, cirrhosis, and even cancer. Uh, so pretty much everything you can think of, and I think it's the the effect, the mechanism of action is basically has a very strong pro-inflammatory effect on the on the GI tract, which subsequently increases the absorption of endotoxin, and you get basically the uh, it's kind of like drinking alcohol chronically, but this thing is much more potent than regular ethanol. So instead of you know having the the requirement of drinking daily several drinks daily to have this you know chronic endotoxemia set, set in, this thing can achieve it in milligram amounts. Sort of like in trace amounts that, is, that are left on the uh, on the utensils that are washing in the dishwasher. So really nasty stuff. Um, very few things that are safe that are
0: around us that are produced commercially. You know, Keith Littlewood, a.k.a. Tomo Littlewood. Anyways, he's been in the Ray Pete space for a while. He said he had like a mystery illness and he didn't get better until he figured out that it was his dishwasher. Like it was the tablets in the dishwasher. And they, yep. he said they were making him really ill. And so, I mean, um, I I believe it. It's it's it, if you get like some strange change of symptoms out of nowhere,
1: it's either something whatever you ate, or it's basically like a new kind of cosmetic that you're using, or new toothpaste or new soap. But there's something commercial going on more often than not um, that that you recently changed, uh, and 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 that's causing all these symptoms. Uh, by the way, we're still under the emergency uh, rules that the EPA. FDA and USDA set for for the vendors during the pandemic, which means that the label now, as of now, still does not have to reflect uh, what is actually in there. I mean, they call it the equivalence rule. So it's like you can buy, they used to have these coconut oil mayonnaise, right? And because the, the pandemic, they relaxed the rules and they allow now this coconut oil mayonnaise to be made entirely with canola oil while the label still says coconut oil because it's considered equivalent oil to the coconut oil. So I don't know what could be the equivalent of the alcohol etoxylates or, you know, maybe like a regular soap that is in the dishwasher tablets. Uh, You know, maybe the rules now allow to put something much more toxic at a smaller amount
0: because it's cheaper to produce and the vendor decided it's worth it. Even those um, common sponges that people use to like the abrasive ones to clean their plates and things like I found out that um, the abrasive side was some form of like aluminum. It was something like really harmful. And so it's got
1: a, it's got a percentage of of metal. It's not, it's not, it's not entirely aluminum, but it does, it does have some metal to be like harsh and scrape the really like burned up stuff for, um, from the, uh, from the utensil.
0: It's it's weird. We're talking about this. I just got today some that was like made out of coconut husk and then some other natural form on the other side. Cause, um, I do clean my dishes by hand. I I haven't had a dishwasher for a long time. And so, uh, yeah I mean that's uh again it just goes uh, th- th- the emf stuff the light your home oven emitting gas like there i mean there's a little dirty electricity i mean there are so many ways to the your carpets yeah, and car-
1: the, the like the flame retardants yeah. that are in everything yeah. like if you live in a actually it doesn't matter if it's your or if it's rented like basically the code the fire code for most of the united states and western europe is it's basically says like the, you know we don't want fire under any circumstances so we're going to tolerate straight up carcinogens yeah. they're they known considered carcinogens in your carpet uh in the paint that it's on the like the chairs and desks and whatnot um you know in the you know the uh bed sheets uh, in the quilts or uh, you know sometimes even in the clothes um i, I don't know if you know <laughs> i'm kind of scared to do it but like maybe i should do like a chemical analysis of a <laughs> i don't know some kind of a famous underwear yeah. like fruit of the loom <laughs> or something that people widely use and see what's in there um yeah. Because, you know, all of these cases that we're seeing now of the infertility of both males and females, I,
0: I suspect the clothes are involved, too. It's not just the food and the environment. Well, I, I just purchased another bed and um, I was actually looking at a wool bed. And oddly enough, the like premier organic wool bed manufacturer is in Bulgaria. And uh, I, I was actually I was for one second contemplating importing one into here. But the, the total for the bed, I think like a queen bed is like five grand or something. It is insanely wow. expensive. Compared- Why don't you move to Bulgaria, man?
1: It'll be much cheaper than Mexico. <laughs> chickens everywhere. You don't even have to like herd them yourself. They just
0: keep <laughs> running around. Dude, I'm so my roots are so deep impl- implanted here now. So I don't. I don't think I'm going anywhere. But anyway, what's um- her name? <laughs> but the uh, I actually asked Ray about this probably two years ago, and I was like, Ray, how bad are latex beds? And he's like, Some people are allergic to them, but whatever. And um, I could, I could. There's a, there's a website called SleepOnLatex.com, and I have two beds from them. And I, as far as I know, I have never experienced an allergic reaction from them, and they're way cheaper than, um, uh, or a wool beds. But wool is probably be better than latex.
1: One of the best indicators that latex is probably okay for most people is that most condoms are made of latex. Uh, yeah. Latex, and yeah. uh, if that's such like a widely used, uh, you know. Product on such a sensitive
0: area and most people are okay with it. It's probably okay if you sleep on it Yeah, the well, uh, world this again, I just I haven't looked into this for a while But apparently there are ways to make it very allergenic and then this company says they again This is just marketing bullshit, but like uh, they said they don't do it that way, but who knows? Okay, let's move on here Uh, let me close this And what else? Let's see All the
1: serum and the toxin is a reliable biomarker for liver disease? Something that's raised me in the this point home for like decades. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, I've talked to a lot of doctors about it, and like every single one of them shot it down. Said no. If if it's ever a problem, it's only people with like liver failure, when the actually the liver cannot actually process the endotoxin. And I kept saying, well, what about increased intestinal permeability? No, that doesn't matter. Liver is going to take care of it. What if it cannot take care of it? No, it will take care of it. Well, what if the liver gets overburdened by endotoxins? Is it an endotoxin problematic for the liver? No, you don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's never a problem. <laughs> and now it turns out it is a problem. And actually, it's a very reliable biomarker for the stage, not just the, that you have a, a liver problem, but the stage of your liver, of, of your liver disease. Um, and they stratified, I think, the people into several groups and basically almost perfect matching between the amount of endotoxin in the blood that they looked, they looked at several biomarkers. Some people asked me like what what actually did they check? Um, and the the degree of fibrosis and fattening of the liver. Um, so it's not just a so just as we as you and I and most people following Ray's work anticipated, it's not just a biomarker for something more benign like nafld like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease but also for uh, for steatosis and ultimately you know fibrosis hepatitis uh cirrhosis and probably uh, i wouldn't be surprised liver cancer as well because that's the final stage so they looked at uh they measured endotoxin directly into the serum which was i think they said it was not as reliable as something another biomarker called the uh, lipopolysaccharide biting protein lbp um uh, basically you can you can ask your doctor to order the test. It is available, just not very widely known. Um, and another thing that I that I opine in the blog is, is basically that you can uh, use HDL. So HDL, elevated HDL, is usually a sign of basically elevated endotoxin in the blood in the, um, basically, it, um, but the liver is still working. So what you don't want is to have the endotoxin, but not enough HDL, because it's the HDL which binds the endotoxin and prevents it from causing uh, damage to the peripheral tissues and then takes it back to the liver for, for processing. So yeah, the liver is going to suffer, but it's a less of a problem than if, because the HDL is produced by the liver it's a less of a problem than if the liver is already shot, there is no HDL. And then this endotoxin that comes from the GI tract kind of floats around and gets to activate inflammation in, you know, everywhere systemically. Um, so a combination of, I would say of, of the, uh, Lipopolysaccharide binding protein, NHDL, or another one called soluble CD14, which ironically, or you know, uh, or, or coincidentally or not, uh, a couple of years ago I posted a study showing that it's the one of the most reliable biomarkers for future mortality of AIDS patients. So, and then yet another study that I posted just was when I was starting on the RAPID forum, showed that basically the actual progression of HIV into AIDS is largely driven by endotoxin. Um, so maybe that's what AIDS is. It's basically, you know, um, uncontrolled endotoxemia, and in people with already compromised health, which can lead to multi-organ failure and wasting, which is what which is what ultimately AIDS is known to do. And endotoxin, by the way, does this too. In animal models, endotoxin, if you want to cause rapid wasting in an animal, you basically keep keep injecting them with endotoxin on a daily basis. They stop eating because they have systemic inflammation. They don't feel like eating. And also the inflammation because it elevates the cortisol and also the inflammation itself through various biomarkers such as tumor necrosis factor alpha and the various interleukins, they directly also contribute to tissue degradation. So high-grade endotoxemia... Is very difficult to distinguish from advanced form of cachexia as in a cancer patient or an age patient.
0: I think Great Plains has an endotoxin blood test. Like uh, not that many places I've se- I, I've never seen anybody get it, but I remember uh, who does Great Plains. Like um, they're like a manu- like a manufacturer of blood tests. Anyways, I, it's like okay. possible to get the the endotoxin measured, but I haven't seen it. Ever. Yeah, so
1: they, I mean, that, that's probably going to be an expensive test because the endotoxin is not very stable. So, just like the whole blood serotonin, mm-hmm. um, you have to ask for that because if you don't, they, I think they just do serum serotonin, which is not reliable. Mm-hmm. But if you ask for the whole blood serotonin, you have to immediately freeze the sample. And then it has to be kept, uh, you know, in the, on dry ice until transported to. And even then, they tell you that they don't promise the reliability of this because if the if the temperature rises above a certain, you know, threshold for I don't know ten minutes, then the sample is no longer reliable. So something similar about serum endotoxin, I think I think it's very quickly degrades. Um, so something like the I think the lipopolysaccharide binding protein is the equivalent of the LDL test for cholesterol. Um, you know there is actually a, a cholesterol test uh, for for serum, but it's very rare and I think it's very expensive. So they measure LDL, which binds cholesterol, and it's a pretty usually a pretty good surrogate. That if you have high high LDL, this means there's a lot of cholesterol in your blood as well. Got so it. same thing with the LBP. If you have high LBP, chances are you have a lot of a lot of
0: endotoxin. So give us uh, ID Labs update. I actually just went on here because I was going to order some more. Uh, vitamin K, and I th- saw that it was sold out. So what is? Th- uh it's we replenish daily. So oh, what God. happened is that basically, I
1: I started uh, putting an inventory into the system. Uh, because what we used to have before
0: is this, people this somebody cool, will this, rarely this, this number cool with you. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot fulfill that. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe we'll have to order some. <laughs> oh, it so. says like
1: a maximum is ten. Yeah, so I put some limits in there too because every once in a while somebody will come along and order something will completely mess things up and we'll scramble to like bottle. We have the raw ingredients for vast majority of these, of the products, but you know, uh, you, you plan on like having like certain amount of bottles, bought daily and if somebody comes and buys your week supply of that basically causes some problems in terms of logistics yeah um and considering that i have another job and i cannot really do this full time had to put in some i don't know slight restrictions it's not it's not I i wouldn't call it rationing because i think 10 bottles is still okay as a retail sale right we're not a bulk vendor uh but also the so i put in the limit i think for 10 bottles at most for each product per order and also the inventory, because it was not enabled back in the day. It's basically you could limit an, order an unlimited amount of bottles. Um, so now I have inventory, and basically if you deplete the inventory, it's going to show up as out of stock. But because we replenish daily, uh, whatever you see out of stock, chances are it's going to be back in stock within the next 24 hours. I uh, Got it. I need to... I, I, yeah, I we're think... not out of the raw ingredients for anything except liserite. Got it. Um, but lysorite has a very good substitute in terms of methergoline, so it's basically almost the same chemical, and um, uh, I don't think it's a, that big of a deal to be out of it.
0: And, and then, how is the olive oil version of Tokovit doing? People like it. Yeah. Um, well,
1: of course, some people made a complaint saying, "Like, well, oh, I love the MCT. How dare you change the formulation without letting us know?" <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't let everybody that ever bought know. <laughs> this will be spamming. Um, but uh, it, it was only. It was only a couple of people that complained. Uh, and I think they didn't even notice the difference. They complained because they saw me making the announcement on the forum.
0: Uh, <laughs> but so far, people <laughs> like it. That's good to know. Um, awesome, man. What, what else? Anything else going on? Uh, what mean,
1: uh, oh, I mean, I think I mentioned we, we, we're trying to add to the chemi- to the bioanalysis testing, as I call it, of hairy nails. We try to do now neurotransmitters. Some very interesting results coming up, confirming once again what Ray said. Um, a lot of people with autoimmune disease that are that are basically sending us samples now because we're building we need to come up with ranges, right? Because even though you have ranges for serotonin, histamine, dopamine for blood, there are no normal ranges for like nail and hair. So we need to get a pool of people, healthy and sick, and then create these ranges, right? So the people that are sending the sick people that are sending us samples. We've, we've, we're finding that basically every single one of them with an autoimmune condition has an elevated either histamine or serotonin, uh, usually both, um, and then sometimes also lower dopamine. But the elevation of histamine or serotonin is universal. Uh, and in fact, we're seeing that anybody with a chronic problem of any kind usually has histamine or serotonin elevated. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, basically uh, not surprising considering that they're universal metabolic regulators um but you know um uh, that's something that you'll be able to see in a potentially a blood test because they change the, the levels change so quickly and also because most doctors are not going to order serotonin tests for you unless they suspect you have a carcinoid tumor right and for histamine i don't think they even do the blood test they'll say well you know okay if you're sneezing and you have allergies i'm going to give you an antihistamine i don't need to know your histamine levels turns out you do because you know people that are even like uh not that severe diseases such as like, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or like pre-diabetes, turns out that their histamine is already like two to three times above the, the actual uh, uh, upper limit of the normal range. So something that, which also implies that if you give them the antihistamine, maybe it's a drug which Ray opined in one of the articles say that, if the pharmaceutical industry knew the broadly protective effects an antihistamine would have on all of these diseases that they consider that are non-histamine related, they'll probably lobby the FDA to ban all over the count sales of the of the antihistamines.
0: Got it. I just need to do a PSA. People keep uh, purchasing your tests and then emailing me to decipher them. And so yeah, I, don't
1: do that. Yeah, no, I don't... mean, like uh, there's a thread on the forum that I created. Uh, there's there are doctors, actually MDs that are that are on the forum. Um, several of them have already consulted some of the people that have done our tests. And these are licensed professionals. It's much better, unless you want to take over, you know, the consulting, <laughs> it's much better to go to the doctors. I will not decipher results. I'm prohibited by law to comment on the tests that we are also doing and also prohibited by a separate law, because I'm not a doctor. I cannot decipher your, your you know, your, your, uh, your, your uh, biomarker tests, but these doctors can. And there are also some, uh, other links that i can provide for analysis but we, we cannot do
0: this it, it turns out i'm not a doctor either so yeah but well,
1: you're in mexico <laughs> <laughs> and over there i think it's allowed
0: <laughs> but i i am open to learning i'm a uh, jazz that you're pursuing and opening up this area and i think there's a lot a lot to learn here and so but i i like people are like i got the test here you go and i'm like i i don't know what to make make of these so i but that's, that's happening pretty frequently so um I'm I'm glad you I'm have I'm
1: sorry a, that you know, know I've uh, I've never told people <laughs> go and ask Danny how to interpret the test I think they're Sometimes they may, they probably try to get me to interpret
0: this. I said no, and then they said, "Okay, who else can I bother?" <laughs> I try to tell people I'm a retired nutrition person. I'm a chicken farmer now, and but people don't believe me for some Good. reason. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I it's, it's not that they don't believe in us; just don't
1: care. <laughs> they want somebody to analyze their tests. <laughs> the hell yeah. with your chickens, Danny! Yeah, just answer
0: my tests. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you're right. They just don't care. <laughs> okay, so uh, and then I do coaching on Patreon.com/slash Danny Roddy and. I bet a lot of sp- spots will open up um, at the beginning of April. So look out for that. Okay. Uh, so ID labs. Um, let's p- choose two or so more articles and we're about an hour. And Okay. Uh, I think the DHT, the client of DHT in the mail. So I think is a very All good right. one
1: because you go to any, you, you talk to any doctor, general practitioner, or especially urologist. And they'll tell you that in the aging male, the one of the most fearsome things, the things that they most fear is if you have like, God forbid, DHT levels that are like higher than the bottom 25 percentile of the normal range. Uh, but, you know, multiple studies have come out uh, that show that um, this the androgen, specifically DHT, is highly inversely correlated with a number of different diseases. And one, perhaps one of the most concerning one in aging males is, of course, cardiovascular disease. Uh, still the number one killer of aging male, actually number one killer of people in general, but now about to be replaced by cancer, but still, uh, either one, top one or top two, right? Um, so this study showed that, uh, you know, that lower DHT levels in males was the most reliable predictor of of deteriorating cardiovascular health, especially arterial stiffness, which is the most reliable future predictor of a cardiovascular event or heart failure. Um, so, you know, just it doesn't doesn't really match with the uh, continued vilification of DHT, which people, uh, the, uh, you know, mainstream medicine still claims is the thing that gives you prostate cancer, uh, and basically impotence, even um, of course boldness. and in general, it's a it's a bad androgen. You know, uh, I think it's this this so pervasive this myth is so pervasive that a lot of bodybuilders who are injecting testosterone. Are combining with finasteride because they're afraid they're gonna get like a conversion into testosterone into DHT and you know all hell will break loose. Yeah. But if you look, look at the evidence, it's not uh, you know the, these claims are not supported by the evidence, uh, including
0: human studies, which is this one is. Did this a killer find. How, how did you find this? Do you have uh, like uh, al- algorithms set up to for these words? Nope, I actually
1: just uh, you know uh, I have certain things that are that are of interest. And it's almost like the, 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 what do we call it? The synchronicity mm-hmm. one day I'll wake up and be like, you know, today I'm <laughs> going to read about DHT. And then I start scouring, you know, I I, I just go and search on PubMed, I, you know, there's like the Google news, which can actually search way back into time for things like DHT or the mm-hmm. Um, You can go on Reddit and search in the science section or various different subreddits, right. For DHT, the hydrotestosterone. So if you come up with a topic for a specific day and you put in like a few hours, You'll find plenty, plenty of information because the 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 uh, research circles are always churning out new information on these androgens. And I would I would dare say that as far as the research um, uh, portion of the of the community is concerned, I think they've already changed their opinion on DHT. They've definitely changed their opinion on testosterone. Now they're saying testosterone is not to be feared. In fact, we they recommend. Uh, trt or for most people over the age of 40 unless you you know bought that show that you really this masculine beast that doesn't require tht uh, trt um several hollywood famous hollywood actors are now have come out and said the same thing not that they're any indication but if they're making you know this this the statement this means that this is a very kind of like a it's becoming a, a like a widely popular thing uh you know initially you know in the elite like these actors right but probably getting gentrified, gentrified as well. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Aaron Schwarzenegger, um, who else? I think, uh, Kissinger He's who's about to turn hundred. I think this year, uh, has also admitted to using testosterone, um, and thyroid. That's the other thing. So, uh, yeah. So basically come up with a topic and then sit down and spend two, three hours searching around. And usually you'll find more (laughs) than you ask for because it's one day, the remaining of the day, the remainder of the day is not enough to read all that stuff.
0: Kissinger is like a prime example of a nasty physical beast, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Soros is is much more hideous, hideous freak. Uh, but K- Kis- not that Kissinger is far behind, but at least he looks human. Uh, just just if you can interpolate two pictures, Soros and Kissinger's faces next to each other, I think it'll be pretty clear who which one is the closer to the reptilians.
0: Yeah, no, sorry, I know Soros looks really bad, but oh.
1: Uh, I think. Okay, and yeah. by the way, Soros does not use Thyroid, and does not use testosterone But I, you know, if you
0: believe the rumors He's using plenty
1: of adrenochrome
0: Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I got a We got another strike on the channel uh, For an uh, uh, The episode 53 Remember when we talked to Ray about the finders uh Episode when, Remember when we were like, oh, oh, the finders And he's like, oh yeah, I met the guy Like a long time ago, it was probably in 2021 Who were the finders? The Finders was that CIA program where they abducted children and did satanic rituals uh, with them, and they compromised the the parents so they give them the kids. and, and the, the CIA had tons of material on how to abduct and obtain children.
1: Oh, wasn't there like a like a child smuggling cult in DC called the Finders?
0: Is that the one you're talking about? I think it was the. I can't remember exactly where. Okay, but yeah, okay. that that sounds. So like we it. got a strike for that. Yeah, well, I, I, actually, no. It was. I'm just. I was just trying to get you to remember the episode, but like, it was for medical misinformation. But but so the special thing about this is we got a strike for a podcast, a live stream that we did, and then we got it taken down. This was for a old episode that ostensibly aired like two years ago, a- a- and so, and they deleted it. Somebody's and, watching these things. I'm telling you. But I well, I, don't, I don't know if that's happening. But like. Th- that, that was wild because it was like a retroactive deletion of an old episode. And then I got a strike. And so, I mean, we can easy, easily see how the whole YouTube channel is going to get deleted any day. Like, because, uh,
1: well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cause you know, if things continue the way they are, I think this whole censorship, Google is going to go under. <laughs> if it, it continues like that. I mean, the, remember the YouTube CEO, yeah. um, she resigned. And I think the main reason was that basically the YouTube is, is going down financially. It's, it's not,
0: performing as he used to yeah but that's an i think that's always an error thinking that they need to make money like all it feels like all industry all corporations are extension of intelligence they don't need
1: to make money they can get bailed
0: secretly and we won't even know about it yeah yeah like yeah so it's like like that was the the pinnacle of like conspiracy in san francisco Is like oh well it's all about money and it's like no it's about power esoteric weirdness kids like way a You know long. who said that?
1: Oh. Rockefeller Yeah <laughs> Like if you uh, This guy on Reddit Who put the uh, th- The thread about the Megacorp uh, He did part one and part two And part two Which is really lo- Way too long I don't know why he did it It's almost like he killed the interest Of a lot of people in Rio Because he did like A hundred pager of that Anyways he's- His one thing about Rockefeller Is that like To Rockefeller From the very beginning He made it clear That power is much more important Than money
0: Yeah
1: uh, So he made everything possible To basically consolidate Through these trusts the control over these companies and you know, probably did not shy away from killing people. If they refused, uh, you know, if, if they, if they didn't want to take the deal that he gave him and gave him plenty of money, right. He made it so that he was really worth it money wise.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and But he, he said like, no, I don't care about money. Money comes and goes. Right. Um, but if you control, let's say, cause he, that's what he probably wanted. He, just like Rothschild said, give me control the, of the, of who, who prints the money. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't care who writes the law. So yeah. that's really what it's all about to yeah. not, control the money but control who produces the money and uh that's
0: where we're at yeah bingo um okay one more article and then we'll get out of here uh
1: the aspirin and eugenol removes lipofus it turns out you can do this with these cheap and widely available ingredients and aspirin strikes again um by the way aspirin on its own was also effective but the combination was the was more effective than either one on their own and eugenol is this is something that ray mentioned to a few people um Sadly, he didn't get to you know expand more on that, but uh, basically it's a molecule that's structurally related to uh, something called deprinil, also known as celegiline, which is probably the most widely used anti-aging drug currently in existence. It's a monoamine oxidase type B inhibitor, which means it will relatively raise your dopamine levels more by uh, decreasing its breakdown um it's also used as a blood pressure drug uh as a cognitive enhancer and really as a basically as a nootropic and a general anti-aging drug uh putin i think has admitted openly taking it um as have several other um kind of like a uh, younger but uh up-and-coming biohackers such as the founders of google <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think Elon musk also has mentioned that he's uh dabbled a little bit with depurneal but he's uh he doesn't really share that much of about his personal life, but he, he said, on I think it was on, Joe, on the Joe Rogan podcast, when he smoked weed, I think Joe Rogan asked him about, what else have you played with, acid? And he said, no, but I've taken Deprinol. So, uh, you know, relatively low doses, I think the, the human equivalent dose for Eugenol was under 100 milligrams, uh, and for aspirin was like just a couple hundred milligrams. So a tablet of aspirin and a few drops of Eugenol or either one of their own uh, should be able to... Uh, you know, handle the, the lipofoskin problem. And if people enough people start doing that, we'll, we'll find out because it's a one of the big hypotheses in a, aging research is that it's lipofoskin, which is not only a sign of aging, but also a contributor because it inhibits mitochondrial uh, respiration. So if aspirin and eugenol can remove it, we should be seeing you know increasing the metabolic rate and potentially increased lifespan which by the way for aspirin has already been shown in multiple animal models not for you to know
0: yet would would this be a topical or an internal no no oral oral nice awesome okay uh that's it what 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 else is going on in your life was no, just busy <laughs>
1: you know the normal stuff uh, you, the uh you think schools are starting to get suspicious in dc you know like we we talk about all this indoctrination and uh you know uh the woke stuff that's but it used to be remote you know I, was, I would hear from friends that live in new york city or like san francisco saying that they're dealing with the stuff and uh you know I, on the latest parent teacher conference i w- went into the school and i saw these like banners all over the world that's starting to promote this kind of stuff. And uh, I think now there's like a big, um, you know, commotion. The parent association is trying to prevent uh, a drag queen show that's, that's supposed
0: to come into the school. So I will be there protesting with my rifle. (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy. I was talking to some, uh, hopefully I'm not repeating myself, but I could possibly be. What's crazy is like in 2016, the whole trans stuff was just kind of like a joke. Like, I yeah. don't remember anybody like it was there, but it was definitely not prominent. And in like f- uh, four five, six, seven, like uh, seven years, it has become so in your face. And, and again, it, it's the media always incessantly it's, it's is talking about it. But it, it's just crazy how. well do they, you know why? No. Oh.
1: So, I mean, I think my theory is that they're actually trying to find stuff that the vast majority of the population will find that they that, that, like truly like like. Churn. Uh, i don't know like stomach churning and detestable oh. and then they promote that right because yeah. that's the thing that's going to get you the most angry and anxious and yeah. and and rabbit and willing to kill people around you mm-hmm. so if you think about it what are the two what are the few things that are really can get somebody's boil uh, blood boiling and willing to strangle somebody mm-hmm. well if a pedophile visits your school and starts to lecture your children right yeah. or like uh you know uh somebody of questionable sexual practices goes into your five, in front of your five or six year old child starts asking them sexual questions and starts undressing in front of them. Yeah. I think most normal people for them, that would be the line, right. They would, that would probably get them to like either become violent or at least like seed with rage. And ultimately that's the goal to basically create this, what is it called? The strategy of tension. Is that yeah, what it's yeah,
0: called? Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And also be ready to turn on each other. So if you can create a portion of society that, Uh, everybody else is convinced, you know, these people are really detestable and like they're up in your face and now they're getting, of course, these special rights, uh, all the rights that used to be given to minorities are now given to these people. Then that makes others resent them even more. Um, So one of very good way to keep the the plebs divided uh, and ready to turn on each other is to you know, come up with the most detestable and vile crap and just enforce it on, you know, or promote it as much as possible, just so that it's always around you. Right. I mean, if you're always, uh, if this is always, this kind of stuff is going on around you all the time, you can't really have a normal life. I mean, like you're going to be angry all the time. You're going to be snapping at people. Right. You can't do your work. You're not going to be a very good uh, partner and you're going to be very good parent. Uh, And that's exactly what they want. Basically a, a deterioration of the social fabric to the point where um
0: we're all each other's enemies I I was talking to somebody uh and and I was like oh did you see that thing on telegram he's like no I unsubscribed from everything and I was like that's so (laughs) smart (laughs) and uh anyways I did that and um I, I kind of have been not going on twitter this year and unsubscribing from channels on telegram was the next best thing I've ever done so
1: yeah, unfortunately, I, mean, I don't think it's. A, I mean, like tuning out of this is no longer an option. It's basically <laughs> everywhere. Uh, maybe it's an option in Mexico, but if you're here, it's everywhere. It's on the radio. It's on TV. If you don't watch TV, the parents are talking about it, right? Yeah. So I think that that's probably the biggest the biggest disadvantage of a city is that this concentration of people and of resources and of of rapid disseminating information. Uh, is, is basically allowing a thing that normally will be isolated. Very few people will know about it. Now everybody knows about it all the time and you can, you cannot get away from it unless you leave
0: the city. Yeah. None of my chickens are trans. They're all heterosexual. So my dogs are also cis. How do you know,
1: how, how do you know that they're not trans? Daddy? How do you know <laughs> if they
0: identify as dogs or like rats or what, or something else? Yeah, uh, uh, we t- I talked to Ray about this in maybe like 2017. And I was like, um, th- 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 we were talking about the William James stuff, like the radical empiricism. Everything is changing all the time. And so I was yeah. like, well, in a sense, isn't Antifa like I know they're like controlled by um, bankers and stuff, but like isn't Antifa or those people kind of right? They're trying to like break down society. And he's like, well, yeah, so they go too far. They go too yeah, far. So they, right? they go too, they far. Go too yeah. far. And they they try to break down animal reality. And I was like, oh, that's why kids aren't trans because of animal reality. And he goes, yes. And they so, you have to start and end with being an animal, yes.
1: an animal in this world. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. it's like, so there is a baseline. So, you see, the th- that's the thing is like, Ray is a very paradoxical person. Like, part of him <laughs> would be like, a Republicans are like, that's exactly our man. You know, yeah. he's a hundred <laughs> percent libertarian. And then the other stuff would be like, where well, he says like the government should be taking care of its people, helping out and well, whatnot.
0: Well, that's like a hundred percent commie stuff, right? Well, well, this is, well, it's actually the funniest thing. This is a paradigm on Twitter. And so, Ray has become like a darling of the rat, like the really far right. But what, so so, number one, Ray thought f- women were the evolutionary <laughs> future of the race because their progesterone production, the like cephalization of the, the the head, the brain. Right. And so that's a very anti far right idea. And then also Ray was like a a, a Stalin apologist communist. Like, oh, yeah, uh, he said great leader. Like right. he said, <laughs> go, yeah, Lenin, Stalin, great leaders, not corrupt. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that's really like it like I, I don't know if a lot of people know that I'm sure a lot like onto Twitter dude, cause that's the really intelligent place to have a conversation. But, um, I, I just thought those two things were very funny. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, but everybody's looking for different answers because our current situation is so foobard. So it's, uh, uh, but i there is no answer it's just you know just i'll quote william Blake: i must invent a system or be enslaved, enslaved by another, another male another man's, by, yeah.
1: another man's. got it got so it. get to the point where you can trust your instincts and you have a sufficient amount of knowledge to not just go on pure intuition alone yeah. if you get to that point i think things will not that don't make sense but you'll feel you'll feel like you'll be able to handle them yeah. even if you're by yourself so speaking if you're of- not if you feel like constantly the need i think like one thing that that he kind of to, in my opinion, underestimate is that he kept saying you should be organizing, right? I've tried this multiple times. I mean, I can tell you that with the current, I'm not saying that I'm a high quality (laughs) material, but the current material of the human form, including myself, that's not really possible here. (laughs) These things quickly deteriorate uh, into like, either nobody doing anything, or everybody doing their own thing and not trusting the other one. Or somebody trying to take over and turn this into a cult. Uh, so far, it's I have not really f- uh, found like like-minded people at least here in DC uh, that will be able to kind of like, you know. Uh, organized in the sense that we can be we can be helping each other if needed but then also be sufficiently i don't know self-sufficient to go out and do the stuff that we need to do in our own lives uh so far i've seen like the two extremes but not nothing nothing in between
0: just come here georgia you can build a house on the land here
1: um And I'll buy
0: goats. Since you don't yeah. like goats, you'll handle the chickens. I'll handle the goats. Uh, I was gonna say, speaking of not being enslaved by another man's systems, I enabled payments on Substack. So if people want to throw us a dollar or two dollars or or more more me, um, not necessarily yourself, if people want to throw the Substack like a dollar a year or something, I'd be very appreciative. And so uh, that that uh, multiple people have asked if I would do that. And I I didn't I didn't really want handouts, but people apparently like paying for Substack stuff. And um, yeah, it feels them like connected, you know, like part of contributing to your work. Yeah, so that would be I'd be very appreciative of that. And your money, oh this fuck it's for Danny And your money would be feeding uh chickens and two dogs. And so I really appreciate that. Uh Georgie, any final parting words? Not much. I think we we'll live in interesting times. The Chinese curse has come true. <laughs> you, you know what? I have one more announcement. I, I did like a kind of a mini podcast on thyroid called Bioenergetic basics, and I'm going to continue to do this. Uh, people seem to really enjoy it. And so, uh, and I needed another podcast, like I need another hole in the head, but now uh, there are three. So, wow. um, and then, then this is going to be the repository moving forward for all the podcast stuff. So, um, Yeah, that's my announcement. You
1: know, if you can start like a log, like what are you feeding the chickens and what what kind of changes it it causes? Like, I think that's going to help a lot of people that are starting to think of like, you know, Doing this themselves Yeah Especially the ones That are new to this And they haven't done it before
0: Dude I I feel like I need another three years To like really Know anything And so No um,
1: just a log Of like what you did And what changed And what what worked And what didn't I think a lot of people Will appreciate that That, That's all up here George Okay
0: Okay. (laughs) Then you're gonna write a book Like the Chicken Whisperer Yes Yes yes, The Chicken Whisperer That's perfect That's uh, If we're all not dead From a nuclear blast (laughs)
1: Yeah That's, That's my only only real concern I yeah. think they, everything else is basically it's it's solvable and the elite we've seen that they're edgy <laughs> sometimes a truly truly remarkably dumb mm-hmm. uh, but the one thing that scares me is that you know they're also insane and uh, some of them would rather die than, than than basically let the world be controlled by somebody else. Mm-hmm
0: cool hey thank you so much really appreciate it we kind of threw together the show at the last second uh appreciate you bearing with me uh we have an amazing audience thank you guys so much really appreciate subscribe on Substack. uh subscribe on t.me slash danny roddy i'll upload this um both places and then also spotify and thank you so much georgie you make these shows worth doing really appreciate your time thank you so much and we will see you guys soon peace out